Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is Jean Doe Massaero, an Alexander Technique teacher who lives in Montpelier, France. Uh, Jean Doe and I have had a series of conversations about the influence of Francois Delsart on F. Matthias Alexander and the Alexander Technique, and we we Today, we're going to go talk about Del Sartre himself a bit more, a little history of his, uh, of his work, and we will point out where, that, where in that history Alexander be- got influenced by his work, but we're going to go past that into his later life as well. And a little bit of what we're saying we'll have covered in earlier podcasts, but this is basically a summary of Del Sartre, Del Sartre's uh, um, career. So, uh, Jean Doe, welcome to the show. Thank you. And uh, could you begin by um, just very briefly explaining how Del Sartre became interested in what we might today call improving his use and functioning yes well it's the story is uh, is very similar to to alexander's with the difference that del sart was not a comedian he was a singer mm-hmm. he was a fantastic uh, singer and um, despite his um, his low upbringing he was uh, from a very poor family he was uh, invited in the well, the foremost uh, singing uh, school in France, with the royal uh, teaching of uh, singing. And after three years of uh, training, he was very dedicated. He lost his voice. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was sure that it was through something he did himself. Mm-hmm. That, is, yeah, that the loss of voice appeared. Mm-hmm. So he, he, he didn't accept the, um, the condemnation of the doctors that said that he would never sing again. Mm-hmm. And he started to investigate on his own in order to find out how he had lost his voice through teaching and how he could recover it through a, a, a different form of mm-hmm. teaching. Mm-hmm. So he's been involved in teaching all his life. He's, and um, what happened is that um, he's, uh, 30 years after uh, his discoveries, he wrote uh, um, an extensive uh, presentation and an evolution of his technique, which is quite similar to what Alexander did also. Mm-hmm. So we, only, we have only his words for, for his... Uh, for his evolution of his technique. And uh, he discovered that um, he was doing something with his larynx, which is the voice box in his, uh, mm-hmm. in his neck. And he found out that um, he, when he was singing high notes, he was raising his larynx, mm-hmm. as everybody does, in fact. Mm-hmm. And uh, he wanted to find out if this was um, a, a condition of producing the voice or if it was an habit. And he discovered that uh, it was, in fact, a habit, a bad habit, a nocive one. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and he embarked into into the process of finding a way to change a habit. Mm-hmm. And he, he, that's why he investigated the power of uh, instructions, of uh, reasoning, mm-hmm. of the, what he called the soul. Mm-hmm. And so, in his theory, there are three aspects of the soul. because um, And it's very important to investigate these aspects because for him, uh, the body or the movements, the gesture we produce is just um, a representation of the soul. The body has no great um, presentation in his work. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just an instrument. So he's got um, quite, uh, he's developed quite um, um, an extensive uh, description of the soul. And uh, for him, the soul is made of three parts. And he developed the three parts in his work. One is memory, the second one is understanding, and the third one is will. And he goes beyond that. He goes into uh, showing the relationship between the three parts and how one can, in fact, change one habit that at first seems more... An instinct, or more something that is uh, that—that's the way I sing. That's the way I produce the voice. And he discovered that it was possible to, in fact, bypass the feeling, the sensory, instinctive uh, way of doing things, and to reason and to guide, in fact, the activity of the self through the conscious part of it. So, invented conscious guidance mm-hmm. and. Con- Mm-hmm. And so just could, could we yeah. pause for just a second? Yeah. You said he wrote wrote about this thirty years afterwards. Um, he was he was doing this teaching uh, and performing in in really what the first half of the nineteenth century, eighteen thirties, eighteen forties, in there. Yes, that kind of exactly. period. And the the material that he wrote is that the material that's only become available fairly recently. Yes, exactly. And and it's in French. Um, it's out there. I'm, I'm, I guess people can buy it, right? If they read French, they can read it. Well, uh, you don't even need to buy it because most uh, well, of the work is um, are published as um, university work. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, okay. Uh, so it's so available for read. anyone. And that, I think you're making a very, very important point here. Mm-hmm. Because there are um, there are two different ways to understand Del Sartre, and you have to know that I choose one instead of the other. Mm-hmm. Because when Del Sartre died, he never published anything. So mm-hmm. all we know, all we knew about Del Sartre before uh, 2009, when the first uh, manuscript was published, was uh, through books written by his students. Right, right, and it's and for example, I would and, I would say it's exactly the same thing as you were you wanted to know what the Alexander Technique is, and you go into in the internet and you look at what people are writing about it, and mm. uh, there is very very little of uh, Alexander's words in what you will see. Well, in the Del Sartian world, it's exactly the same. Mm. Um, many many people have written after eighteen seventy 
about mm -hmm. the Del Sarte system, and we call that the Del Sartean movement. Mm -hmm. But uh, there is very, very little Del Sarte in it. Mm -hmm. Well, very, very little of the manuscripts of Del Sarte, of the ideas, the, the writings of Del Sarte. Right. So it's, it's very important to say here that um, I'm not uh, talking about the Del Sartean movement. Mm -hmm. I've read many books about it, but I was not interested because when I uh, started to study Del Sarte, it, it was for a reason. It mm -hmm. was because I was uh, translating Alexander, mm -hmm. Alexander's writings, mm -hmm. it, French, and I wanted to have um, some more information about his right. principles, about his ideas. Right. And knowing that he had been a teacher of Del Sarte, it was, well, quite straightforward mm -hmm. to try and find a correlation between their ideas. Mm -hmm. And then when I read the Del Sartean writers, mm -hmm. and I found nothing. Right. So, that, I, so, so it's only because this, this material is recently become available that you could really trace the connection between Del Sartre and Alexander. Is that correct? Exactly. And let's go back, let's go back in time to the 1840s. Del Sartre is teaching his method and he has also trained uh, his two younger brothers, right? Yes, that's correct. One of whom went to America and I think... Um, had quite a following in America, is that correct? Well, no, because uh, you're talking about another man, he, we, and he was not his son, he was an American citizen. Oh, okay, and, but, uh, but wasn't there a son who went to America, or is, um, am I mistaken about that? Yes, I think, I, no, it's, it's much better to, to, to follow the, the trail of a guy called Mackay, mm -hmm. and he was, the, uh, uh, well, Del Sartre considered him as his son, Mm -hmm. She was not. Right, right, right. <laughs> he, was, uh, he was not by. Uh, he was not fathered by by Del Sartre, but uh, mm -hmm. in fact, he became his um, um, his disciple at the end of his life, and that is quite important to understand because okay. there was something. Because we're gonna, we're gonna get we're gonna yeah we want to get yeah. to that. So anyway, this this guy went to a, who studied with Del Sartre towards the end of Del Sartre's life was the Del Sartre ambassador, as it were, to America. Yes. And we're not going to really go into much detail on that, except to say, it, in your view, it doesn't have a lot to do with the earlier Del Sartre. That, well, that's, uh, that's the idea we, yeah. I got from reading the right. Del Sartre manuscript. And, and we'll just put it out there. Is that, that's your take on it. And, you know, if people want to argue, they can. Yes. But, but, but I want to get back to then it was just one younger brother who he trained. Is that right? Yes, it's and correct. His name was Camille de Sartre. Yeah. And he is the indirect uh, connection to Alexander because he ended up in all place of all places in Hobart, Tasmania. And he lived in Australia for almost 30 years, had a big yes. influence on the music and theater community there. He taught in groups. He taught Del Sartre's method. He used Del Sartre's images, which we haven't really talked about, but maybe you could say a word or two about those images that Del Sartre and Camille used. Well, <clears throat> Del Sartre invented um, a, a, a system to, in fact, note movements of the different parts of the body. Mm -hmm. It was uh, 
he wanted people, in fact, to uh, create movement from ideas. Mm -hmm. He didn't want them to use uh, what we call free expression or impulsive movements or intuition. Mm -hmm. He wanted them to have a, a vocabulary of movements of the parts. And mm -hmm. this vocabulary could be used in order to create any form with the human structure. You have to remember that it was, uh, uh, it, it was after a system of expression mm -hmm. that you could transmit to an audience. For example, you want to transmit the, uh, the feeling of fear or the feeling of, uh, of joy mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. avishment, yes. Mm -hmm. And most, uh, well, most comedians or most singers would, uh, well, try to find in themselves the, um, the root of these feelings. But Delsart found out that uh, this was not at all working. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, he wanted people to master uh, a vocabulary of gesture mm -hmm. that would be transmitted to the, uh, to the public without the, the comedian experiencing any of the feeling he was transmitting to the public. So very different from, say, the Stanislavski method uh, approach, right? Well, very different in a way because uh, in another way, we know now that Stanislavski was, uh, studied the Delsart system. Oh, okay. So, mm. Yeah. But so there were parts of the exercises of the Stanislavski system that were in fact Delsart. Oh, okay, okay. But so just to, because to, 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 we're really doing a summary here and we, we have covered a bit of this material in earlier uh, podcasts, but Delsart used mirrors. He had people look at themselves, observe themselves in mirrors, and he gave them images he would create himself that would help them, would sort of guide them into re uh, re relationships within their body that could express certain emotions, for example, uh, on stage or, yes. sing or singing. And, and just, I, I think it's really important for our listeners to understand that Del Sartre was not especially interested in any of that in, t in terms of how people functioned in the real world. He was aware that it helped them function better, but his interest was pretty much the output of singers and actors on stage. Yes, correct. And so all of, all of his work was in service to that, really. Yeah. Now, Camille... Uh, left uh, for um, left France in the 1840s, late 1850. 1850 ended up yeah. in Tasmania, I think, a year or so later. Yeah. Basically, taught the, Del, the same Delsart method that Francois did. You have uh, it's your opinion that he wasn't quite as skilled with the images because Francois was really good at drawing, right? Yeah. But he had that same approach. And that's the connection to, to Alexander. Not that Alexander, it's almost impossible that Alexander would have encountered Camille in person, but he encountered his students, which who were all over the place in Australia and Tasmania. And he almost certainly trained with one or more. And of course, then ultimately, Alexander... Um, 
advertised himself as a, a teacher of the Delsart method. And we have we have letterhead of his that states that pretty clearly. So that's the connection with Alexander, right? Well, but, it's um, it's just um, um, the result of uh, an inquiry because we have no proof of that at the moment. What what we know is that there is an uncanny resemblance between Alexander principles in writing mm-hmm. and Del South manuscripts. That's oh, and we know. know that he he said he was a teacher of the Delsart method. He, sa- he said he was a teacher, and we know that uh, um, the the Youngs, which is uh, uh, the former husband of uh, his his wife, of Alexander's wife, and and her and she most certainly had lesson with Camille Delsart, mm-hmm. and they met the young Alexander when he was seventeen. So it's quite early in his life. Mm-hmm. It could explain the uncanny resemblance, but right. uh, we cannot say for sure that it was the case. Maybe it was. It was. It would be so amazing that two people at, uh, that were apart in time and space would have well such uh, similarities in mm-hmm. principle. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. seems unlikely, but there are things missing in Alexander's understanding. Right. He if, didn't get the pure Del Sart, it seems. He didn't get the images, for example. Yes. And we're going to, we, we, the implications of that, I think we should leave for another podcast. But he got a, a version of Francois's work via his. His younger brother, then via probably he probably got a version of it via his younger brother and his younger brother's students in Tasmania and in on the mainland of Australia. Mm-hmm. And, this, uh, and we also, by the way, know from Alexander's fragment uh, autobiography that he studied violin. He was a violin student as well as being a reciter. Yes. And of course, Del Sartre had a big influence on music uh, as well as theater. Yes. So we have all that. Now we have Del Sartre. Uh, after, now we're going to kind of the post Alexander connection, possible Alexander connection period. You have told me that Del Sartre changed dramatically, what, in the 1850s, early 1850s? Early France- 1860s. 1860s. This is Francois Del Sartre, yeah. still in Paris. And tell me what happened then. Well, you have to understand first that Francois Del Sartre was at a, at a fight on his hand with the, the teacher of music of his time. Mm-hmm. And he was not at all accepted like uh, we would think. Like he was accepted later on in America and in Europe, mm-hmm. like uh, a savior. But uh, during his life, he was not. He was in a bitter fight because he was he he had the uh, well uh, the strength, but also the folly to antagonize his own teachers. Mm-hmm. to antagonize the, the, the royal opera teachers. Mm-hmm. So it was not that easy. And what happened is that um, in the well early 60s, some of his students started to enter in singing competitions. And uh, they, they were there to produce maximum output, maximum voice because of their training. And that infuriated uh, Del Sartre. Who, f- who thought that this was not art. This was a, a terrible uh, way of using his technique. So he decided 
to stop teaching the gestural training. Mm-hmm. And he, he only taught the theory. And mm-hmm. so there are, for example, today, uh, the, the practice of the, of the Del Sart system, of the gestural training, is, uh, is scant, is very, very thin. All you can find in his writings are, in fact, um, principles and uh, general ideas of his, uh, of his uh, way of teaching. It's not, well, do, do not think that by reading the French manuscript you are going to get the how to uh, change the, the organization of the torso. Mm-hmm. Because you will not. It's mm-hmm. not, I didn't found this. I found principles. I found general ideas on how to organize memory, understanding, which is conception of movements and uh, the, the direction of the practical and intellectual will. That you will find but nothing about the, the exact way he was teaching people how to reorganize their, their torso in order to be able to, to sing when they couldn't. So mm. um, this is very important to understand that nowadays, I think the, the, the Del Sartian will agree with me, uh, we, have, we know very, very, very little about the practice. Mm-hmm. And uh, most practices that are now considered to be the Del Sartian teaching are in fact uh, uh, borrowed from his own student, borrowed from his own disciples. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. do not resemble very much the principle that... Uh, because, for example, there is one, one big, big uh, difference is that... Um, when, they, when you train in the Del Sartian movements now, you will see uh, the importance of feeling, the importance of, uh, of the body, which didn't exist in the Del, in, in Del Sart mind. Uh, the body is the instrument. It's the, age, the different parts are the agents of expression, and you mm-hmm. need to master a vocabulary of expression. And, you, and it's very clear about the fact that you have to, uh, in fact, subordinate the form to the plan you've got in mind. Mm-hmm. So, so very similar to Alexander. Yes, uh, very similar to the early Alexander. Early Alexander yes. we're talking very about. Very early Alexander. So um, um, this... I think this might, I just want to add one thing, but then this might be a place to end this conversation. We have another conversation on Del Sartre coming up, um, which I, I forget how you phrased it. It's sort of what Del Sartre did that no one else did, or what What was the general? I said the forgotten Del Sartre. The, the forgotten Del Sartre. We're going to get yes. to that in the next um but we're still at the remembered Del Sartre. And your general take on things is that if you want to know what Del Sartre was about uh, in terms of the gestural training and, and uh, his, his, his work in actually helping people produce better sound or better uh, theatrical performances, the place to go are the books of F. Matthias Alexander. Yes, that was, the, that was my discovery. The very big surprise is that um, uh, I found that Alexander uh, not only used Del Sartre teaching, or I think he used Del Sartre teaching mm-hmm. because the principles are exactly the same, but he's, he's got, he, he found a way to frame the Del Sartre principle in a gestural training that is really efficient. Right. Uh, 
vocabulary of gesture that mm -hmm. is really what well I found help in understanding Del, in understanding Alexander in Delsart and then suddenly I found that Alexander was throwing some light in mm -hmm. the the very very strict and uh, very uh, bitter way that not bitter but uh, the way in which uh, Delsart is expressing things is very formal. Mm -hmm. Very, very complex. Right. And so uh, I found that uh, Alexander is the best way to understand Delsart. That's right. my. Okay. And so let's. Uh, so if anyone is interested in learning about Delsart's work, the place to go, it would seem to me, from what you say, are, are Alexander's four books. But you have to be able to read them with that in mind. And you, I know, are planning a project to. Um, to take, to break it down by individual sentences in Alexander's books and explain them in great detail. Is that, am I correct on that? Yes, it is. And I assume that part of that's going to be, is going to involve um, some Delsartian type discussions, right? Yes, because in fact, uh, the whole project is um, uh, like um, a branch of uh, Delsart vocabulary. Delsart, um, in fact, explained that to understand some text, to understand a sentence, mm -hmm. you have to understand its construction. Mm -hmm. And uh, Delsart is very clear about the fact that the construction of sentence in English or French comes from the syntax. Mm -hmm. So there is a, a, a very interesting text about uh, uh, syntax in Delsart mm -hmm. uh, writings. And I use that in order to recreate uh, an, a, a tool that helps to analyze sentences, complex ones. Mm -hmm. And it's clear that uh, sometimes Alexander's sentences are not, are not that clear. And uh, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> yeah. To, well, to help people, in fact, construct the tools in order to understand, well, for example, Alexander, but also Delsart or any any other writer that writes complex sentence, of course. Okay. And so yes. Yeah. So that's that's that, coming up. A, that's something you're going to be doing in the next uh, year or two or whatever. But I think this now this is the time maybe to end this podcast, um, and then we're going to have another one on the, the sort of hidden Delsart. But uh, so my my guest today has been uh, Jean Doe Massaero, an Alexander Technique teacher in Montpellier, France. Jean Doe, thank you. Thank you very much.